This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 294. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 294. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Radia Rhodes is a visionary, entrepreneur, designer, engineer, and coach. After two decades of experience leading small businesses and Fortune 100 companies in the beauty and information technology industries, Radia became known for her strategic insights, impeccable design aesthetic, and natural ability to connect, lead, and get results. She has led and coached many executives and organizations to deliver exceptional business results and launched a strong portfolio of multi-million dollar products and services around the globe. Most recently, Radia authored the book, Being is the New Doing, a divine guide to owning your energy, time, and peace of mind. She also launched a collection of brands and products designed to transform and expand your intention and well-being. As an entrepreneur, corporate leader, wife, and shameless mom to two amazing and active children, Radia knows what it takes to be extraordinary in life and in leadership. She trains clients on how to tap into and leverage their intention as the fuel and fire to create any desired outcome with ease and authenticity. Whether it's personal expansion programs, business launches, or the products on the shelves of Target and Walmart, her expertise can be seen, touched, and felt in the client experience and results. 
Radia and I are in a business mastermind together, and I was so excited to get her on the show because we've had the opportunity to do some business masterminding together and pick each other's brain in that way. But I knew that there was a lot of her story that I wasn't aware of that I hadn't heard. So I was super excited to get her on the show and dig in a little deeper. So listen in to hear Radia share why intention is a measure of how you're showing up and who you're being how to elevate your intention through regimens and routines that open up space in your life, how making declarations about who you are can help you redefine yourself, why you need a rotating energy leader in your household. This concept is brilliant. Why you must recognize that your busy badge defines who you are being. Is it working for you or is it working against you? And why we get stuck staying small in order to stay safe. This was a fun conversation, a really enlightening conversation. It's going to push your thoughts a little bit for sure. You might need to listen in more than once. So let's go ahead and dive in with Radia Rhodes. Radia Rhodes, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So I have to give our audience a little background. Radia and I are in a business coaching group together. And so I've gotten to get to know her through that and through seeing all the amazing things that she is doing with her business and see that take off. But we also used to be on Monday calls together every Monday. And I got to see a little bit of background mom life with like kids in and out of the scene. So I have gotten to see (laughs) glimpses of other parts of your life as well, which is fun. Absolutely. They're always here. So it's a lot of fun when I'm on calls, especially video calls. (laughs) (laughs) I I know Vinny came in when I was on a call with like, I was leading a call with like 30 people the other night and Vinny comes in. He's like, mom, look, I made you pizza. And I was like, not right now. No pizza right now. (laughs) And he's like, like, it's a radar. They have a radar. You know that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, thank you. And goodbye. (laughs) Right. And you have to be really calm and nice because you don't want 30 people to see you. Well, that's the thing. That's totally the thing. Like I couldn't be like in my head, I was rolling my eyes and groaning, but like out loud, I was like, this is amazing. Thank you. Could you please leave and close the door behind you really fast right now? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I love it. Totally funny. So remind me, how Mm -hmm. old are your kids? 10 and 11. My son, Brayden, is 10 and my daughter, Sydney, is 11. And sometimes I say it's like having, I know this is bad, but. It's like having a five-year-old and an 18-year-old, honestly, oh, boy and girl. Some... They're just different. Boys yeah. and girls are just different. My son, literally, he said to me, um, we were asking the kids, like, what kind of new beds? Because they're at an age of maybe we should get new beds for them. And my son said he wanted a crib. And my daughter <laughs> wanted a, <laughs> she wanted like a loft bed with a of desk course. underneath and a couch, you know. And so it was like, okay. There you your go. Son wants, your son wants to regress into babyhood and your daughter wants to like go to the college dorm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's my life. I love it. That is <laughs> hilarious. That's so funny. It is really interesting to the difference between boys and girls and their maturity. <laughs> like, I feel like my friends who have daughters are always like, oh, she's eight going on 18. And the boys are always like, yeah, he's eight going on four. <laughs> exactly. It's true. It's so true. So funny. So tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Sure. I mean, so my bio maybe says a little bit about it, but I really am an alchemist. I love new ideas. Mm -hmm. I love the design of products and brands and programs and things that really make a difference in people's lives. And so I actually run several or own or part founder in several businesses. And I'm super excited in this season about 
my zone of genius, which is yeah. like product design. And all of my businesses, there's some product that we've designed that is finally ready to get out into the world. And some of them, I feel like, you know, when I finally completed that last little bit of it, it was like literally the heavens opened up like you were supposed to do this a year ago or two years ago. <laughs> but finally, I'm in this season of my zone of genius where there are new products across a few of my businesses that are complete and ready to get out into the world. And I'm excited about it. Oh, so cool. I love that. And I know you have one that's like very timely right now. Tell us that you have a planner coming out, right? I do. We have our Evoke Intention Planner and it actually comes in a bundle. So I wrote a book earlier this year and released it called Being is the New Doing. And it's your divine guide to owning your energy, time and peace of mind. And we, you know, run coaching programs with my company Evoke And we put together a workbook around that. And then the natural progression has been a day planner. Mm. So right now we're, you know, just launching. It's ready to go. We have the book, of course, and then we have the Evoke Intention Playbook, which is the workbook that works you through some of our philosophy and our methods around being versus doing. And then we have the Evoke Intention Day Planner, which is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So cool. So one of the things you said to me when you mentioned the Day Planner before we started recording is, and I thought this was such an awesome way to kind of flip Day Planner philosophies, is you said it's about the Day Planner is basically around like doing less. And I think that when we when people think of Day Planners, we think of like all the places to make all the to-do lists. And exactly. I was like, that's never entered my mind to get a Day Planner to do less. That's amazing. So can you like talk? Talk about that piece of just a little bit. Absolutely. So here are the three plays as we talk about this work. It's be you, do less, and have what matters. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the structure of the pages in the planner are about. So, you know, we teach about intention and a little bit different than I think most people think about it, whereas intention is this objective or this thought of what you want to happen or what you want to create. And what I always say is, an intention, it's not necessarily a thing in that sense. So you don't have an intention, you are an intention. Mm -hmm. And at any moment in time, you are being some sort of way that's what is at the source of creating the results in your life, whether it's tangible results, or whether it's an experience you're having, or whether it's an impact, you know, you're creating, it's your intention. And we look at intention as a measure of how you're showing up and who you're being. And it sounds a little abstract, but it's actually very real. And I believe it's the straight line to any result. So the day planner is about you getting in touch with and measuring your intention, your true intention as a whole person, not just, you know, an intellectual person or an intelligent person, but as a mind, body and spirit, the planner gets at who are you as a whole person and how are you showing up moment to moment throughout your day? And what's the impact of that? And what tangible results are you creating? And there's the traditional pieces, right? Because I'm a certified project manager. I was in corporate for 20 years. So there's space for action for you to keep a running list of your actions, but that's not the focus of it. And that's not the center. It really is based around what's your intention level? What's your goal? How are you showing up? What routines and rituals are you actually moving throughout the week or the day? How are you celebrating yourself? such that you are showing up in your fullest intention at your highest level, and then you're creating massive results. I love it. Can you talk us through a little bit around routines and rituals that push us to show up in our intentions? I'm like a huge proponent of routines and rituals. And I think that, and I talk about mine a lot, but I love hearing what other people do, what other people prescribe and the power behind some of those things. 
Absolutely. So for us, we call it elevating your intention. So there's a shift that we teach called elevate your intention. And it's all about the regimen. So we think of regimen as the system of activities for you to increase and maintain your intention level. And sometimes it's about just becoming present, you know, opening up the space right in the moment. And there's certain activities that we prompt. I mean, it's different for everybody, right? Like what works for you to become present, whether it's meditating or taking deep breaths, or whether it's turning on, you know, a specific affirmation or some music that cues you into a certain place. Everybody has a different way, but there are certain activities that will just bring you present. And those are activities we have people to design around and say, okay, here's a prompt of several sets of activities, ones that bring you present, ones that elevate your intention. Like for me, dancing completely takes me to a higher place. And then here's ways to just live intentionally, you know, keeping a clear space, decluttering area, traveling and, you know, getting into new spaces and new cultures and opening up your perspective. And so there's an infinite number of activities that you can design into your regimen. And some of them you will actually hold as routine activities, which you might do on a daily basis. You'll do as part of your objective to wake up in the morning. Or we say you have a wake up, you have a work it, and you have a wind down routine. And it might just be two or three items. Like for me, my wake up routine is steam, shake, and sweat. So I explain those. I love it. (laughs) I have to get into some steam. So I have sinus challenges and I've always had allergies. So I actually have a small little machine that I sit and I breathe into. It looks like an oxygen mask, but it's like the most calming thing ever. I put a little essential oil in it. And every morning for 15 minutes, I sit and I just do my steam. If I'm rushed, then, of course, I take a really hot shower and that works just as well. So I got to have some steam. I sit still. That's another part of it. And sometimes, again, that's in the shower. So it's not about like doing a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. It's really about knowing what's going to actually have me wake up from my rest, you know, my rested evening and get ready to start my day. So then I steam, I sit still, I sweat. My objective is to get about 20 minutes at least of exercise. So sometimes I go to my neighbor's house and work out. Sometimes I have a tennis match, or sometimes I have a Peloton bike in my basement, you know, whatever. Sometimes I'll turn on music and just dance to it. Um, Whatever is just going to get me sweat and get my body pumping. And I have a shake. I have a protein shake that I drink every morning or I try to, there's some mornings where I'm like, I'd like the waffles. (laughs) I I like the egg and cheese sandwich, but I know that, you know, my best days, my highest intention level is, you know, a breeze. I step right into it. If I do those, you know, shake, still sweat and steam. I love it. Oh, that's so good. I'm just like obsessed with morning routines. And so I always feel like it's like an intimate glimpse into someone else's life when you get to learn what they do first thing in the morning. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think it's so important. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, 
It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And I think that one of the things that we can often speak to when we talk about morning routines is the idea of showing up in a proactive space rather than a reactive space. And your routine that you just outlined totally exemplifies that, which is, I think, so important. Yeah, I think for me, it was just selecting a few activities that I felt really allowed me to be with myself. You know, having two young children, my children, they leave at different times in the morning now. And my son, he doesn't get on the school bus until nine o'clock. So, and we're up at 6.30, you know, 6 or 6.30. So I talk about, because a lot of moms feel like they need to wait till their kids are a certain age till they can implement a lot of these kinds of routines, rituals, especially, you know, if you have like a one-year-old and a three-year-old, it might be a little more challenging to start off your day in a proactive way. So how is this kind of care and intentionality for your morning how has that evolved over time? And as your kids have gotten older, like, has it always looked like this? Or is this new as your kids have gained independence? It's definitely evolved, you know, but some of the things that just nurture me, 
are what they are. You know, like mm-hmm. steam. I have always been a person. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I grew up near the ocean. And so, okay. you know, water cures everything for me. So some okay. parts of my routine and my rituals are kind of just always going to be the same. But what has evolved is the time that I might do them, the sequence. So when my kids were really young, there were some patterns, enough patterns that they had where, you know, I knew I need to get up a little earlier so that I can have this quiet time before they start to wake up. There's also, you'll notice I have a few different options to be able to accomplish the same experience. So if steam is it, I can do it in the shower. If I need to sit still, you know, I can do a lot of things in the shower (laughs) um, or I can sit with my actual machine, you know, so being flexible, I've learned Mm -hmm. to be flexible. As my children have grown older, I have a conversation, you know, like part of the work is, listen, here's my priority for the, even if it's just this week, tomorrow. So in the morning, here's where I'm going to be. I need you to give me this time and don't interrupt. And then when I'm done, we can do whatever it is you need. Absolutely. You know, it's really just having a conversation and making the request and giving clear direction. Hey, don't interrupt during this time. Yeah, I think those boundaries are really important. And I think it's surprising at what a young age you can ask that of your kids. And I also think that modeling that is really powerful. Like you want your kids to also be able to start having routines around their mornings and living in intentional ways throughout their day. And so like for them to see you doing that, it becomes very second nature. It doesn't become something that they have to go out of their way to figure out and implement down the road. It can become, I know my son now, if he wants like new coloring books or something, I'll say, oh, we can get that for you so you can have it for your morning routine. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Like he has a morning routine now. It's plain Legos or coloring. But, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like super like Zen yoga or anything, but it is a routine. Like he knows like, he gets up, he gets dressed right away. And then he comes down and he has like a couple choices and places he can be in the house, but it's like an independent time for him to be. And that's really important. Exactly. It is. It's awesome. And the other thing is, you know, while I'm, you know, at first I used to almost be like a drill sergeant, right? Like <laughs> get up, you know, brush your teeth, wash your face, get your clothes on. Like I'm having to tell them every step through every part of the morning. And it was driving me nuts. Yeah. And it, what really has worked better is I, you know, we've got about four milestones in the morning, like get up and get yourself ready, get downstairs and, you know, get your breakfast, get everything ready in your book bag and get in the car. Right. right so right. the routine is very simple. I don't know how you're going to get there, but get there and I'm going to be over here steaming and, and stilling and sweating, you know, <laughs> and we'll get there together. And it's taken some time, of course, but my children have learned how to get themselves together because I'm actually absent, you know, and I'm getting right. myself together. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's come up for us this year with like putting on shoes where when Vinny started kindergarten, like for, he wanted me to be like very involved in the putting on of the shoes. And I got to this point where I was like, <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> you put on the shoes and I know you're capable. And the first couple of weeks of school, I was like, oh, this is a hard transition. So this is a way I can help take care of him. And then I got to a point where I was like, no, dude, right. put on your shoes. Like we don't even need to have a exactly. conversation about this, let alone involve me in the helping of it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. And it's funny how you can get roped into that you pretty can, easily. You, you know, a lot of my, you know, thoughts will come up mm-hmm. and just next thing you know, you're putting on shoes or, you know, my son is telling me, okay, then put the waffles in the microwave. And I'm like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? <laughs> right, you can do this. Right. Totally. So I want to shift just a little to your book and I want to talk about being is the new doing and talk about the philosophy behind that and how you support women in moving more toward that framework and then also how you integrate it yourself. 
Absolutely. So it was born for me out of a process of redefining and redesigning myself after, you know, let's see, in 24 months, I got married, I built a house, I had two children, and I switched assignments at my job twice. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. And I was like, it was a whole lot. You know, I just had no idea who I was. I completely got lost in all of it. And it was pretty painful. You know, I thought I could kind of regenerate myself. You know, I'm ambitious. I'm, you know, successful in a lot of ways. So I just kind of kept it moving. And I think what really hit me was I went for promotion. I'd already spoken, you know, with my manager about it probably 12 months prior to. And I nailed it. Like I totally nailed what we had set out as the plan. And then when I went to say, okay, it's time, it was like, well, we need one more thing. And it just sent me, you know, again, after changing roles, having the children, getting married, all of that, I was like, enough. Like, this is crazy. And it sent me into a really deep place where I was just like, what am I doing? I like, I have all the amazing things of life, great career, children, family, health. You know, my parents are here and I am miserable. Like, it's horrible. And uh, because I'm an engineer by degree, right, so I'm very logical and and so I broke out an Excel spreadsheet, like everybody does, right? When <laughs> right, you're right, to fix totally. Your life. I was like, okay, how can I fix my life in one page? Right. And um, and it, to my surprise, it actually helped and it worked. Mm, and while I was doing that, my father asked me this question in a conversation one day. He said, "Who are you?" And I was like, "What?" Like I had, you know, I knew what I wanted. I knew why I wanted it. But I had never really sat with the question, who are you? Mm. And as I was in this spreadsheet, I literally started to just map out declarations. Like I'm a woman who believes in a higher power source and I take care of myself, mind, body and spirit. And I'm optimistic and I'm a leader and I love my children and I nurture them. And I just kept making these declarations and it was slowly redefining me. And then that logic took me through some other questions that just came to me to answer And when I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is something. And every few months over about a year, I found my life was completely shifting and I felt alive. I felt new, you know, I felt whole. And so I connected with a good friend of mine who is now one of our founders, Dr. Ronnie Ellington. And I said, I think I have something because she designs curriculum and we created a process from that. And what it all comes down to is no matter how much I did, we always say you're doing too much. Like no matter how much I did, it wasn't really creating what was making me whole and fulfilled in my life because I didn't know who I was. And I was really living a life that was, you know, conditioned and expected from external forces from people around me. And it was good, right? It was great, but it wasn't mine. And I felt bad about that for a little while until I didn't, you know, and then it was like, oh, like, if it's my life, first of all, my experience is out of this world and I get to show up amazingly for the people around me. Everybody wins, you know, everybody wins when I live my life. Right. I love the exercise of making these declarations. And I think that's so powerful and something that probably most of us haven't done, but it could be really maybe mind blowing and really expansive if we were to do that. Because I think that 
it's really easy as women and as moms to, I think that women are conditioned to minimize themselves. And so to put the word just in front of everything, like I'm just a mom and I'm just this and I'm just that and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like everything is like, however we label ourselves, we preface it with a just to make it just a little bit smaller and less significant. Right. And so Absolutely. I love the idea of making declarations that define who we are. And also it gives you the opportunity to recognize where you want to go. And so to look at like any mom could identify as a leader, but I think that a lot of moms wouldn't, a lot of moms wouldn't identify as a leader because they would say, Oh, well, like I'm not in a management position at work. So I'm not really a leader, but like if you're right. leading a child in any capacity, you are a leader, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Um, if you're leading yourself, right? right. Like a person, as right. Moms, we are off the charts when it comes to what we can create and what we influence and impact and the decisions we make on a daily basis. So even just leading yourself yeah. is tremendous given the kind of impact and influence we have as mothers. Right, right. Yeah. So I'd really encourage anyone to do that declaration exercise. I think it can be very eye-opening, especially if we find ourselves stuck to really consider who we are, where we want to go, and how can we put some boundaries and definition around that. I think that it can be really helpful to actually put some terminology and definition around it. And I did an interview with this woman here in Seattle, Julia Freeland, a couple of years or a year ago. So she left corporate as a mom, three kids. And she talks a lot about basically like moms have all the skill sets of a CEO, but don't necessarily know it and don't present mm -hmm. as such. And I think that parallels our conversation here that we have these like very powerful roles and powerful abilities and skills that we often don't recognize. And then because mm -hmm. we don't recognize them, we don't embrace them. And if we can start embracing them more, it's like all of our roles would become a little more clear and probably a lot more easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we would feel, you know, so much fuller, you know, yeah, and, and acknowledged yeah. and appreciated, yes, totally. you know, which is just as much a result of how we see and acknowledge ourselves as having other people acknowledge and appreciate us. Like we are not yet always appreciating, you know, how much we impact, how much we influence, how much we create, you know, nurture, like, and even recognizing some of the roles, you know, nurturing is significant, you know, energy, like in my house, we just instituted this. It sounds funny, but it's totally worked. So literally very quick drawers. So every week we rotate the four of us, somebody does the trash, somebody does the laundry, somebody does the, like the food grocery thing. And then one of us is the energy leader for the house, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of emotions in my house and all that good stuff. And I was doing that the whole time. And it's funny how it came about is we were looking for a fourth role. And my son was like, how about energy? And I was like, what? That's great. And I realized that I had been playing that role for everybody yeah. just unconsciously. And it was wearing me out. Totally. And so the fact that he actually thought of that was just a miracle. And now that it's a rotated role, I actually let myself like, I'm like, oh, I'm not the energy leader this week. Like you guys got to, you know, manage it or this particular person is leading it. And I'm not responsible for how everybody feels. Is everybody okay? Is, you know, all of that every day of every week. That is so cool. So tell us, what does the energy leader do? I love this and I want everyone to implement this. <laughs> <laughs> so basically they are the person that is just on tap for acknowledging and recognizing like, is somebody upset about something? Was there a conversation that maybe went awry and just restoring peace? Like if you walk into mm -hmm. any part of the house or in any room with some of us and there's not like this great vibe that we know our family to, to have, 
you know, you're the person that will step up and start the communication or just ask the question and say, hey, you okay? What's going on? Or, hey, can I help you with anything if you see anybody struggling? So instead of that always being mom, that's kind of always taking the temperature pulse of what's happening and always restoring the sanity and the peace, the energy leader is the one that's like on tap for that. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Yeah, that frees me up big time. Well, yeah. And I feel like there's, this is something that comes up a lot in my different communities and Facebook groups that I have. And that the resentment that builds when you are responsible for all the things and carrying all the energy and deciding who's doing yeah. all the tasks, even if you're delegating, it's still like, why am I the person who has to delegate? You know, exactly. so I think that's so powerful to put something that is not super concrete into a role. So it's not like, it's not the same right. as taking out the trash, but it's so important and so valuable. And yeah, I'm like, my mind is totally blown right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> and even if no one does it right perfectly, of course, but just the fact that it's acknowledged and known in my house, right. that that's something that happens every day, all day. Uh, yeah. Like that there's this thing where we all have to live together and mm-hmm. sometimes it feels so heavy and difficult And that it's something to actually wade through that. Just the fact that we all know that that's happening and that's the case, it just lightens everything up to me. I also think of the power of a 10-year-old boy being connected to the energy in the household and having conversations around that and what that would do for like long-term empathy and compassion. Crazy powerful. Like that is huge. Yeah, I was like, when he said it, I, I just never expected, and I didn't even have words as much as, you know, this is the work I do and what I right. live in. I think I was so absorbed in that role myself. I didn't even think of it. It didn't even occur to me like, yeah. oh, let's take this thing that I'm doing all the time and make it a role because right. it was so part of me. So the fact that he saw that and then put it on the table was amazing. We don't expect 10-year-old boys to be profound because they want to live in cribs again. But then they say things like that and you're like, wait, are you like 28 or are you two? Exactly. Exactly. The crib thing threw me off, you know, and so I was totally blown away. One day he wants to be the energy leader. The next day he wants to get a crib. I I know there's some wise, you know, cosmic connection between those two things. I'm sure that one day we'll know between the crib and the energy leader. I love it. (laughs) So great. So one of the things I talk about a ton in my community is we talk about the busy badge and that moms wear the busy badge. And this actually kind of is a great segue from what we were just talking about that we take on all these roles. And sometimes we take a lot of pride in like doing all the things and being the martyr and having such a full plate that like it almost gives us the right to be a little like resentful and defensive. And so Mm -hmm. I love when you reached out to me about doing this interview. I love that this came up in as part of what you wanted to talk about. Cause I was like, yes, the busy badge, like, can we please go there? So how do you see moms hiding behind their busy badges and how do you help them take busy badges off permanently? Yeah. I mean, the answer for me is always intention. And again, it's intention in the sense of who are you being? Not, you know, what goal do you have? Or are you trying to accomplish, but who are you being and is it working for you? Right. For me, you know, I was super busy and, it got so bad that I literally got ill. I became ill and I was sick. It was draining my life force. And you're exactly right. I mean, for me, I used it to avoid certain things. So, you know, there were things around expanding myself or growing into new areas or taking on personal passions of mine that I thought maybe people wouldn't agree or align with or support or that were silly. 
that I would just avoid them by being busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would avoid sitting down and telling myself the truth about what I really couldn't stand about how my life was going. Oh, I'm just too busy to do that. You know, like these declarations you're talking about. I was so busy prior to that. I never took the time to sit down and say, let me make declarations about me and my life. And so a lot of times I think we use busy to avoid those things that seem hard or deep or truth. Like if I sit for a minute and tell myself the truth, I'm going to have to quit my job. I'm going to leave my husband. I'm gonna, you know, like it feels like all these really chaotic or catastrophic things are, you know, might happen. Right. But for us, what we know is that, you know, from an intentional perspective, being intentional, and we literally use a scale to measure it. Right. At the very bottom of the scale, there's suffering the experience of suffering, like indulging and undergoing illness and hardship. And that's where I was. You're blaming other people, that resentment you talked about, right? Like that emotion be of resenting is so strong. And that's where I was. And that's where I was the busiest. Like I just kept trying to avoid the pain yeah. of all the things that I didn't necessarily want to face by being busy. And it was creating a suffering And then you move up to struggling and sacrificing and settling right at the bottom of the scale from an intention standpoint. These are all the experience of your intention. This is what it feels like at certain intention levels where you're sacrificing. So you have some noble justification. Oh, the kids have these sports or I need to do this. And so therefore, you know, I'm not going to be able to write a few pages in the book that I've been planning or, or whatever it is for yourself. And then you move up the scale where you're striving And then you're seeking, you become curious and you start to reach out to people and maybe share new insights or share the ideas you have. And then you surrender into a place where you actually know you don't have to do a whole lot of anything. The more you're willing to tell your truth and be yourself and show up in that way, the more things open up for you and make a way for that. And then you can become at the very top of the scale sovereign, which is where you are declaring And in any moment, you have the authority to govern yourself the way you choose, you know, in time and space and and with people. And so that scale and that progression of your intention, your experience, is how we help women to really become aware of how they're being, of who they're being and how they're showing up and use that as a way to shift. And so we work with women to shift up the scale so that they can actually put down the busy and all the doing and step into being who they really are and living the life that they imagine. Yeah. Another thing that comes to mind when we talk about the busy badge is part of it is definitely the busyness of it. I think Mm -hmm. another piece, especially for moms is the service piece of it that like we think as long as we're being of service to other people, like that's really productive and that comes Mm -hmm. at the expense of being of service to ourselves. And I think that this goes hand in hand with the busy badge, because oftentimes the things that we're doing when we're busy are things for other people. But I think that this is something that I think moms do, like, you know, being the room parent and the assistant soccer coach and the whatever, whatever, that you can fall into that trap. I also see entrepreneurs doing this. And this is something I will admittedly, you know, say I struggle with is because we are scared of the big leaps we will stay in free service. Like it's easier for me mm-hmm. to like run my free Facebook group and put out more podcasts for free and like all these things because like the scary hard stuff is like 
if I really want to make a million dollars this year, how am I going to do that? That is terrifying. So I'm just going to keep doing my free Facebook group, my free podcast, like those kinds <laughs> yeah, of things, because I then I can be that. of service and that feels really good. And I'm getting recognized for being a giver. <laughs> and so I think that's yeah. a really powerful place as well. And I wonder if you see that happening in the women that you work with. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It's those avoidance tactics yeah. of what feels scary or what feels like a threat to your ego. At the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, that inner critic or that yeah. ego, or we call it a default, but that part of you that is meant to save you and to help you survive and keep you small so that you stay safe. Right. That part, that mechanism, whether you talk, you know, speak about it from a spiritual or a scientific standpoint, it exists. That's how our minds work. That's how as human beings we're wired. The challenge and what we really work with women on is distinguishing that from who you really are. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And if you don't define who you are and you know keep that self-awareness, it's very easy to identify with that voice, which that's where you'll find yourself doing all of the things that it will tell you to do to stay safe. Like my colleague says, you hear a Beyonce song in your head, you don't go outside, you know, dancing like you're Beyonce. You know, it's not you. It's just the song you're playing in your head. But when that voice plays in our head, for whatever reason, we believe it, we totally jump into it and we identify with it and we start behaving in accordance with it in our real life. And the truth is, and what I know is you're creating your life all the time. And everything you're creating, the results, like I said, the experiences, the impact you're making are a match for the intention level where you're resonating, no matter what, they're an exact match for that. So if you want to create more expanded experiences, you are going to have to elevate your intention. Mm. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Super scary. Super scary. But you know, there's a way to move through that. There's ways to elevate your intention. Like we talked about the regimen, 
You know, right, right. there are times where taking those scary steps doesn't feel as scary because you've moved yourself into a whole new perspective. Right. It could be talking to a great friend. It could be, you know, listening to a certain tape or watching a video. So there are ways to do it. It doesn't just have to be this like, you know, blind leap. There can be a process and a system to it. And that's what, you know, in my book and in work, that's the point of it. Like there's literally a process and a system that you can put in place to elevate your intention. So it doesn't feel like this really scary leap. Right, right. So talk about intention as a measure and a shameless truth teller of how we can really get to a particular goal or a result. Yeah. So I would say intention is a straight line to any result. Like Mm. the best way to create something is to embody (laughs) it. Right. Like it's just if I show up as a million dollar person, I'm embodying that, then, you know, you will make a million dollars. You make decisions in alignment with what million dollar, you know, millionaires make decisions around. You embody it. And so become aware, tell your truth immediately. And like I said, when you look at the scale, what you basically do is you say, okay, I have a goal. What's the goal? So you might say, oh, I want to make a million dollars. And then you look at the scale and you read the definitions and the words, and it will tell you immediately, like it's undeniable. It's never failed exactly where you're resonating and your intention level. Are you suffering, struggling? Are you settling? Mm. You'll know the answer to that. And then what that does, it frees you up because now you have a choice. You can say, you know what? I've been settling. I've agreed and I've accepted and agreed to something that I consider to be less than satisfactory, you know, for some security or comfort. And it's a lot of times we'll say things like, I'm fine. Like when you're settling, the answer is often, I'm fine. This is fine. This will work. This is good. I don't care if it's, you know, the almonds on your salad that you don't really want or, you know, if it's something happening in your home, but you become aware and immediately your truth is put on blast. It's exposed. And then you get to choose, all right, do I want to move up the scale on this and really create something new or do I want to just stay right here? And if so, I can stop you know, beating myself up and feeling guilty and, you know, dipping down and struggling because I keep saying I want something, but I'm really not resonating as a match for it. Right. Right. That makes sense. I love the idea of really being able to identify with a word where you are, because then that gives you some context. Like you said, like, do you want to be settling right now? Like maybe you do, but maybe you don't. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And it's all about choice. Right. Right. I want to talk a little bit about coaching and why coaching is so important. And maybe you can talk a little bit about what the impact of coaching in your life. I've talked on the show about me, like I've had a business coach since 2010 in different capacities. Mm -hmm. And I realized I went for a short time after Vinny was born without a coach and I was kind of lost. (laughs) I was like, basically, I don't have to be accountable to anyone. And I mean, this is kind of amazing. But also after a time, I was like, I'm going nowhere fast. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So... It was like, I've learned that I just always need to have coaching. And I also really appreciate being in a coaching group. So talk a little bit about your experience with coaching and why you think it's so important. Absolutely. You know, I feel like even from when I look back at my childhood, there was always someone who said, hey, I see something in you. I think you should take a look at this over here. You know, whether it was going into a certain math or science class or going to a certain summer program or university you know, or an assignment at work once I started my career, there was always someone who stood in that position as a coach to see the best in me and then Mm -hmm. to guide me, you know, to realizing that best. And that has made all the difference in my life. Like, you know, my life would be very different. It could be very different if not for that. And so I've 
intrinsically always had a value for it, even though I didn't know that's what it was. And I became familiar with coaching in my career. And I can't even remember how, but I was looking then for a coaching program. And I had always been a great coach myself. Like I had always leaned towards coaching people. So instead of managing people, you know, that worked for me, my direct reports, I was much more of a coach, like a champion and an accountability partner and a collaborator. And I feel like, you know, making that connection, having a connection that fuels you is critical because we can't see ourselves always. And we definitely don't always see ourselves as, you know, our best or highest self. And so having a coach to me is it's non-negotiable. And I always, it's daily, like my two business partners, all three of us are certified coaches and practitioners. And so we coach each other daily and it's so critical. And then I have a business coach as well, like, you know, you spoke about, and it's so important to just have trusted fueling connections outside of ourselves, you know, especially when you're up to something, when you're up to expanding yourself and challenging yourself and creating a new experience of life, you know, as long as I'm breathing, I need somebody coaching me. Right, right. You brought up a great point that coaches, they see your power and they often mm-hmm. see it at times when you don't see it and they point it out to you, which is tremendously valuable. And I know I had that experience a few years ago. I was looking for a new gym space. So I was still the owner of my gym and I was trying to find a new space for us. It was really, really challenging and it went on and on and on. Like it took a year. It was totally exhausting and draining and stressful. And I remember my coach at the time just kept like pumping me up to be like, like, these are all the reasons that people love you. This is why this Mm -hmm. is completely worth it. This is why it's going to be me in every call. And I was like, she must be so over me because every call I was just like, yep, keep telling me that because I was like dying. This was so hard for me. And I remember saying to her at one point, I was like, I think maybe I just need to walk away from this business. And she's like, well, here's the thing. Like, here's where you've come from. Here's what you're doing. Here's what people love about you. Like, and I really, really Mm -hmm. needed to hear that. And sometimes, you know, it's not like you need to only hear that in desperate times. We need to hear that on a regular basis. And so I think the power of other people seeing of coaches reflecting what they see in you, I think is so powerful. And, you know, sometimes we're in positions like in with the podcast, I get a lot of feedback and that can be really helpful and amazing, but it's also Mm -hmm. really helpful to have it coming from someone who has like already walked the road that I've walked and they've made it to the next level and they've made it to the place where I'm trying to go. And for Mm -hmm. them to see like, oh yeah, you do have this in you. And let me like, I'm not going to let you off the hook because I know you can do this. It's terrifying, but it's also really, really helpful and powerful. And that's where I realized like I couldn't go without a coach at a certain point because I don't hold myself to the same standard that a coach holds me to. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't know where we started believing that we have to do everything ourselves. Like you have to know how to do it and figure it out. Right. That's probably the phrase I hear all the time. Like, I just need to figure out. And I'm like, no, there's nothing to figure out. That's probably not the issue, given that we're like super intelligent, you know, really, you know, successful women or mothers who you don't have to figure anything. You're like on autopilot solving 15 issues in five minutes, right? Right. As a mother. Right. So there's probably not a lot to figure out. It really is a matter of being willing to step into what you already know. And I don't know why we think we have to do that by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that concept of stepping into what you already know makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And that's really not that hard. Like, I think that sometimes we don't recognize the things that make us uniquely powerful, or we shy away from them and think we need to be like more like another person, more like someone else who fills a certain role. And 
the idea that we can step into the thing that makes us unique is like so beautifully simple. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you say that because thinking we can do it in someone else's way, it turns whatever it is where we have our eye on into a doing, which is Mm. the busy piece, right? Yeah. So we can go do that. And what we all know is the truth that, you know, we all sometimes resist as the truth and struggle with is that the key to everything we want is being who we are here to be. It's embracing every part of us. It's stepping into it in this fullness and really, you know, stepping out into the world. And so that's scary because it is unique, right? The minute you step into your uniqueness, it feels like a separation. And now you can almost be a target because you're Mm -hmm. not blending in with everybody else. Right. So it's very scary and it feels very threatening, but it is the key to experiencing the fullest piece of your life, the fullest life you can. Right. And so, you know, it's a matter of when we're looking at all these outside things to try to create success or become successful, that's making it a doing. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're so busy because we're trying to do success. We're trying to do happiness. We're trying to do wellness, you know, as opposed to just being who we are and being aligned and walking in truth with that and watch how your life shows up. You will be the healthiest, happiest, most fulfilled person you can. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences and things won't happen, but you'll stay in your power. Right. right. You will stay in your power. And, you know, that gives ultimate in my life. That's just been so fulfilling and affirming, you know, to be able to stay in my power in the face of whatever things falling apart, people get mad at me, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. That so perfectly aligns with my experience of selling my gym and stepping into the podcast Mm. full time. And I've shared this story before, but my husband at one point when I was selling the gym, things were like this ongoing drama. And at one point we thought the sale was going to fall through. And my husband was like, well, that's okay. You can just put the gym back on the market for like another year and, you know, build it up and then relist it and it'll be fine. And I was like, oh my God, I would die. (laughs) And so I was like, I could do that. Yes. Like, am I capable? Mm -hmm. Yes. But like that space, it's a great space. It's like prime for someone else to come and take it over. But in terms Mm -hmm. of who I am right now, that business is not me anymore. And I'm doing a disservice to those people in that community if I continue to do that business. Like it's just not part of my identity in the same way. I'm ridiculously proud Mm -hmm. of it. I'm glad I did it. It's an amazing place. And also here's who I am now. And Mm -hmm. this is where I need to like step into my power. And so he was like, okay, I get it. Like, you're totally right. Let's like figure this out, which we did. But yeah, that was really eye opening for me. And I love that really clicked for me when you said the difference in that certain context that you use the difference between doing and being and Mm -hmm. that I could have kept doing that. And I think we do this in so many places in our life. Like, yes, I can continue to do that. But is this in alignment with who I really am at this phase in my life? And I think motherhood often changes Mm -hmm. that in a huge way. And that's where I think so many times moms feel this professional, this shift in what they do professionally. And they don't feel like what they did before they had kids doesn't speak to them in the same way anymore. Yes, they can still do it. Yes. It serves a great purpose of like medical benefits, paying the bills, what have you. But Mm -hmm. is it in alignment with who you are now that you've had this like major life shift and you are essentially a different person now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, that's right on. That's so powerful because just to make that distinction, you know, especially when up until those major points, you know, for me, I was defined by my doing. I was a great doer, you know, (laughs) I was so good at it. I was masterful. (laughs) And so then to be willing to say, yeah, I can, but I'm not. 
Yeah. You know, it's scary. And But honoring that is one of the most, you know, like I said, affirming, self-affirming things that you can do and self-defining, you know, at least in that moment, right. actions you can take. So yeah, that's amazing. Definitely. I totally understand that right on. So I want to know in what ways you're a shameless mom. Oh man, this is good. You know, I was telling the story the other day, there was a video floating around social media and it was like a compilation. Maybe it was last mother's day of adult children giving their mother's praise. And each of the children would say things like, mom, you were so amazing. You sacrificed so much for me. You didn't date for 40 years, you know, until I was an, I mean, it was literally, and I sat there and listened to it. And I thought, my God, like, this is just reinforcing this mindset of if you're a mother, you should just give up everything. And, you know, be there for everyone else in the way that they want you to be. And they're praising you for it and so on and so forth. And for me, I had a moment where I was sitting there and I was looking at something for my business. And as tough and challenging as the years have been, like I said, it started out with me in two years, just getting married, having two children, my career shifting. And as tough as it has been, I have stayed the course on what my personal independent passion has been Mm -hmm. in coaching and designing products and in designing programs and impacting people's lives. And so I'm so grateful to stand here today and say, not only are my kids, you know, healthy and flourishing and, you know, we have our challenges like anybody else, but I also have a flourishing business and flourishing relationships. And so for me, the shameless is about, I didn't give up on those things that were just for me you know, because I'm a mother, because I have two young children, you know, and then, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. Last year around this time, my daughter, actually almost a year and a day, my daughter was diagnosed with an autoimmune illness. And it was right at the time that I was completing the book. Mm. And I didn't stop. You know, we were in the hospital right at the time I was supposed to submit the final edits. And my partner actually came to the hospital. I just remember this as I'm saying it came to the hospital with the book in her hand, you know, and some edits to talk to me about it. And, you know, I finished it and I completed it and I put it out into the world and we have moved forward with my daughter. And she, I think, you know, is such a light in her resiliency, like for me to follow. And I'm just so grateful that I didn't stop, Yeah, you know, and I don't feel any shame about that at all. I mean, I feel completely like it was the best thing I could have done, you know, was to keep going. That's so powerful. And I totally appreciate that. Rodaya, this has been so excellent and expansive and powerful and all those big words. I I just (laughs) really appreciate you coming. I feel like you really helped. Like I just, there's so many things that I could apply to myself and everything that you shared. So that was really fun for me. So I feel like I just got some coaching, (laughs) (laughs) but I also know that the shameless moms listening are going to really be able to connect and relate to a lot of what you said as well. And I know that it's going to be really profound for a number of them. So I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing and for coming here to share it with all of us. Thank you. Thank you again for having me, for inviting me and opening up the conversation. There's so much alignment and just the opportunity to share what I believe and what has worked for me and that can go out into the world and impact, you know, women who are in a lot of the same spaces is how I get to be who I know I am. So thank you. Yes. Yes. And then lastly, you have to tell us where we can find you. Sure. So you can find me at evokelife.com, E-V-O-K-L-I-F-E.com. We're at Evoke Life on Instagram and Facebook and all the social media places. 
and go check out the day planner. I'm so yes. excited about it. It's on the website. It's available for pre-order. So you can go to evokelife.com slash planner system and check it out and get your pre-ordered bundle just in time for the holiday season and the new year. Don't wait till the new year. Perfect. Perfect. So I'll have that all linked up in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Radia. Thank you, Sarah. This has been a blast. I really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, good, good. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.